Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to episode 61 Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. Sean Basto, your host, joined by co-host Jordy Neal. Jordy, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad, mate. You? Yeah, good, good. It's uh, I'm glad it's fight week, uh, big fight week. Uh, we're going to be talking about a pretty disappointing weekend of boxing this weekend. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't great, was it? I mean, we're uh, we're on the old, we're dialing in tonight and talking over it this way. But I think even face to face, we wouldn't be able to pick many bones out of <laughs> out of Saturday night. It just, it just, oh, no. it didn't catch fire, did it? Especially no. the matchroom show. No, not at all. You know what? The first thing I want to say about that matchroom show is. It was like nobody was there. It was the, the bloody atmosphere was awful. I've seen better atmospheres at a funeral than they have at the matchroom show on Saturday. Mate, you're not wrong. I mean, I've seen it sort of one side of the ring, so I can't quite picture which side it was now, but one side of the ring was just for, like, royalty or... So, like, well, it was, like, Michael Buffer. Like, the, <laughs> is it Prince Albert or something? And, like, they, they were just on their own side of the ring, so, like, there was no atmosphere from that side. I mean, there was, you could sort of see people at the bar. It was just... I understand why Eddie's doing it. I'm sure it's a big money spinner, but it just it just takes something away, really. It's sort of like you could sort of hear the corners shouting. And yeah. Although it's good to hear that information, it's a bit, you know, there's something about the big fight atmosphere, isn't it? You could hear a pin drop in that room. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You could hear, you, I could hear, I could hear people laughing in the crowd and like just these random laughs going on. I was like, bloody yeah. hell, man! You could probably hear someone farting in that room. It was that quiet. <laughs> And literally, I mean, I just especially for like world championship boxing, it's just not what you want, is it? No, like no, the Cal- it's not. Like obviously, we're going to touch on it soon, but like the Calia Fai fight, first off, didn't really, you know, he wasn't really performing out of his skin. The other guy was having a goal, but then it sort of edged into like six and seven, and like you could sort of see people in the in the crowd, you know, looking round or sort of looking for something <laughs> to do. Just it was all just a bit weird. 
Uh, you know what? I feel like it's going to be one of them episodes where we don't do many of them, but <laughs> I feel like it's going to be one of them where we're just going to be like just ranting this week. I think it's going to be a rant one because it's like I just feel like it was a bit of a shit weekend for boxing. Uh, some of the fights, you know, they, there wasn't any hype about them anyway on the matchroom show, and they just didn't live up to any expectation. And I think that's where well, obviously we're going to start, and we'll get the uh, we'll get the ranting out of the way first, and then move on to all the positive stuff that's going on in boxing. I think so. You said there. Calify and his title defence again we were talking about it on the preview episode that we put out on Thursday last week and we were talking about I mentioned about he doesn't seem to have a lot of backing he doesn't seem to have sort of the same sway behind him as a lot of the other matching fighters and you know the atmosphere didn't help but that performance I don't think was the, the greatest of performances in the world I mean let's talk about the controversy over it because uh, Gonzalez clearly felt he won that fight and to be honest with you I, I don't know if he won it but I don't think the card did him any justice whatsoever No, I think the card was a bit ridiculous wasn't it? 117-111 on two cards which it's, it's quite wide really I mean I know why people thought Cal won because he's champion and stuff and you know that that's up for debate really but one seventeen, one eleven was quite disrespectful, and I think Gonzalez was right to the hit. He sort of stormed out the ring, didn't he? And he, he wasn't too impressed. But yeah, I think he probably had a point there. But uh, as I said to you before, I I I've watched the first round and I sort of had a little interest bet on uh, Gonzalez after the first round. He was like twenty five to one. And I, I mean, from that point, I couldn't tell if he was going to win or not. But I just thought straight from the bell, it looked straight from the first bell. It just looked a trickier fight than people would give it credit for. To be honest with you, I, you know, I, I watched the fight back and I felt like Gonzalez was a lot more competitive than what I, I kind of was expecting in this fight, and I felt like he had a good shout to, to to say it was at least a close decision, competitive fight. I felt like the there was a little bit more quality from your fight over the course of the you know of the distance, which I think is what's won him the fight. The aggression that came from Gonzalez, yeah, there was aggression, but it wasn't all landing all the time and. It depends on how the judges interpret it, but I think the cards were piss poor, and I can understand why Gonzalez was pissed off. To be honest with you, I, I would have been pissed off, you know, if I was in the in that corner as well. And you know, I, I, it didn't do him any justice at all. And obviously, for for me not really knowing a lot about Gonzalez before the fight, I would have felt like after that fight, actually, yeah, he, you know, he wouldn't be a a bad fighter around the world level. And you know, if you look at his record, uh, he had four. Erwin Ankaraz as well, which is one of the fighters yeah. Cal's lined up to fight. So you've got to give the guy, you know, a little bit of respect, and 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 that wasn't really showing him any respect. The, the judges give him, you know, Cal a very wide score, and and Gonzalez walks away annoyed, fair play. And but Cal, it doesn't do any justice for Cal either because he just doesn't. Again, just doesn't look like he's getting out of first, second gear. Really, he doesn't look like he's. Um, put it this way, right. If he goes in with Ankaraz or Ungvasai, can you honestly see him beating any of them two? I mean, not on that performance, but I don't think he, I don't think he's doing the weight very well. Like I don't, he looked terrible at the weight. His energy levels were completely depleted in the ring. And I mean, Ankaraz, who we've seen, if that's how you say, it, who we've seen over against was it Conlon? Yeah. You know, he looked, he looked quite, he looked quite devastating. So, I mean, I know Eddie was saying after it that Cal's going to be staying in America and. That's where his fights are going to be, and we sort of touched on it last week. That is where the money is in them divisions. But I don't think they'll be rushing to put him in with any of the 
any of the other champions or any of the big names in that division just yet, or on the back of on the back of that that performance. Really, they might be backed into a corner where they've got to take a big fight. But you know, I don't think I don't think he'd be going into a, into a big fight with much confidence. Definitely on the back of that. I mean, Gonzalez is is you know he's probably a fringe level world fight, uh, fringe world level fighter, and you know he's got ability in his own to to his respect, but. Like Anka just knocked him out in the tenth round, and like Cal never looked like knocking him out. Really, landed a few nice shots, but never looked like getting him out of there. No, no, you're right, and that's that's kind of what I've got to put it down to. Is like you can't always judge a fighter based off one performance, and I, I understand that. But the last few performances, I, I mean, I don't feel like I've done Cal any justice. You know, as a fighter. Uh, <laughs> What can I say? I mean, he's. Con- I think I enjoyed his, his fight against Concepcion a couple of years ago. I thought it was a decent fight. He looked decent in that fight. But you look at his last few fights, and the, the, they've all been sort of cruising through him, cruising to the distance. And you know, for me, I, I, again, I, I don't know if he'd beat someone he'll like go up Riverside. Away, Pardon? Yeah, he could go up a weight. Uh, I think that's got to be something you've got to think about, haven't you? I mean. We we we, we want to see him first face off against Ankaraz yeah. and, and Rungvasai. Yeah, I think maybe a move up would maybe delay a defeat against one of them because I'll probably back Ankaraz definitely to to beat him. But um, you know maybe it might just spark a bit of a fire and you know get his get his appetite back and maybe you know not crashing so much weight. He's twenty nine now, I believe. So you know it's it's not going to be getting any easier that that weight cut. So that might be a way he goes. Well, the, the, like I just said earlier, I think the way the, what people are going to be asking, the question people will ask is, can you really see him beating Ankaraz or Rungvisai? And I think at the moment, I don't know if I could see him beating any of them. And, and, and that's kind of where, really, at this stage of his career, he's going to be looking at going if he stays at super flyweight. If he moves up to Bantam, then that's a different story yeah. because yeah. Bantam, obviously, as we know at the moment, is, is flying. The, the fighters that we've got in it yeah. and the, the tournament we've got going on, is flying at the moment. So it'd be a good move up for him. Yeah, I mean, it would. I mean, it's definitely going to open up again once the Super Series is done. So that might be something he looks at in 2019. But yeah, I think he definitely needs something. He definitely needs some sort of spark or something to just refresh him a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, moving on, then let's not spend too much time on that particular fight. There was a victory for Dennis Lebedev over the weekend, which I was reading before I came on the podcast, Jordy. That uh, I think WBA um, is is the mandatory for WBA cruiserweight title. And before the Bellew fight was made for, uh, I know I heard that then. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that says it all. Um, that's just sort of like it was just sort of a reaction. Say if he fights for the WBA, especially, you know, maybe Yusuf won't knock about, and probably he probably won't knock about. But you know, on that based on that performance, I'd, I, to be honest, I got about nine rounds into it, and I just could not do it anymore. <laughs> it was just it was just it was like watching paint I Oh, mate. Well, I, I've sat through some fights, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I tell you what. If he moves, if he if he moves into position to fight for the WBA title, I've got to be honest. He isn't going to be facing Usyk. Usyk's going to move up. We know this now. It's pretty. The writing's on the wall for that. So he's got an opportunity to go in against one of the other cruiserweights. But do I honestly see him again? The same question with about what we're saying about if I really do you honestly see Lebedev beating any of the current crapper cruiserweights that are in the World Boxing Super Series? My answer is definitively no. I don't. I don't think he would. I think he's. I think he's honestly past his best as a fighter and you know it would make a great name on somebody else's record you got to remember he's 39 years old he's only 40 you know the guy's not he's just not 
what he used to be. And yeah, okay, he beat a guy uh, who was undefeated previously in Mike Wilson, but who had Mike Wilson fought before that? And no depth to his, to his ex- record at exactly. So I think if you're if you're a cruiserweight coming up, or you're just just on the edge of world level, you must be thinking, I'll take Lebedev. You know what I mean? Well, if or it get, takes try and get me in there with Lebedev and get that name on the record. Well, if he take he ends up getting a shot at the title if it's vacated. You know, knowing the way WBA work, uh, they're going to end up putting him in against someone he's probably going to be able to beat. Knowing Lebedev, uh, he seems to have a good, good, good sort of relationship with the WBA, uh, his, his promotional side and his manager. So I think there's a likelihood is he might get a chance and he might get that victory. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, performance in general was wasn't great to watch. Uh, definitely one if you're feeling like you're suffering from insomnia. If you want to go <laughs> and try and get yourself to sleep, that was probably one that had uh, put you to sleep. That one. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was the end of the night for sure. I mean. No. I'd, I'd sort of sat through it and you know Bug Leone's fight was alright we'll probably come on to that in a minute but yeah. and you know it was it, it wasn't a it wasn't a great fight night by any stretch of the imagination but it was boxing and I was watching it but yeah it got to that point I was just I just sort of couldn't go on anymore well that's it Bug Leone's fight next anyway Jordi let's, let's, let's touch on that you just mentioned it there um, I watched it and you know, I was I was kind of laughing and, and chuckling about Fanglon Meng last week, but bloody hell, I tell you what, mm. he's a decent fighter, isn't he? Yeah, that, that's like I said last week on the podcast. Like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have put my money anywhere near Bubbly only in that fight, and just like I was on record saying that, and just I just thought like he's had to, he's had some tough fights now, Bubbly only, and I don't mean in the fact like I don't, I'm not saying for one minute he's shot. You know, he he could come back, but. You know, you can't keep fighting the way he does. You know, I put on Twitter the other day, he's always in exciting fights, but that's not always a good thing, you know what I mean? He's he's taking a lot of punishment, yeah. pretty much every fight. And he's coming through some, he's, he's coming through some and he's losing some, but he's just adding miles and miles and miles to that clock. No, he is. And, and I think if that fight would have continued, I think he probably would have seen a potential later stoppage by Meng because after that fifth in that fifth round that's when he really started to come to life Fang Long Meng yeah. and the quality actually it was the quality of the shots I were throwing and landing which started to really impress me and obviously that cut came about and and, and with Frank obviously he, he's the type of fighter where he has to take a few to, to give a few and that's that's why he's got all the miles on the clock because he's had to do that you know with the likes of Tudinov and obviously with Callan Johnson and you know he's been in some tough fights tough tough fights yeah, uh, yeah exactly the Burton fight as well, you know, some real tough fights that he's been in, and you wouldn't expect that to be that many miles on the clock because he's not uh, an old fighter. But it doesn't matter in terms of they say this about George Groves, don't they? As well, like George Groves is only what 29, 30, yeah. but yeah, in boxing terms, it seems like he's about 38 because some, you know he's been in that many wars with people over the years. Buckley is the same, you know, he's only 29 years of age, but yet you feel like he fights like he's about 34, 35 year old sometimes and it's not great. I don't want to see him going a bit of a slide from here but I mean you've got to sort of start questioning where where he can go in the future from here. I mean he's been the British light heavyweight champion uh, and he's defended it and then he's lost it to Callum Johnson and then they put him in against Fang Ron Meng for, uh, and to, you know, to potentially win the IBF Intercontinental light heavyweight title. Give him a ranking with the IBF, yeah. 
he's not won that now what does he do does he go back down to domestic level obviously there's going to be a bit of a queue for that now as Callum Johnson you know looks like he could be defending that title against Buatzi in the future so I'm not saying I'm not saying he's shot I'm not saying like that like you were saying earlier I don't think he's shot but I don't think he's I don't think he's ever going to get to the dizzy heights of what he thinks he's potentially going to get to. I think European is probably the, the, the best bet for Frank Buglione. I don't know what you think about that, Jordi, but I don't think he's going to get anywhere past uh, European. No, I mean, you you wouldn't you wouldn't bet on it, but I think I think you might see the Burton in the match because like, Burton can't get a fight. Well, I've yeah, seen there is that. So he can't... Like, nobody really wants to choose to fight Burton. He's, he's pretty... You know, he can hit a little bit and he can box. And, you know, I think people will probably want to see Burton Buglioni again, you know, the way it went with the yeah. 12th round KO. So I think he could probably get paid quite well for that. It'll probably land on, you know, a matchroom O2 show. And, you know, it'll probably, probably be a good fight again. So I probably, I'd suggest that might be that might be the next fight for Buglioni. And then, you know, if he wins that, suddenly people sort of forget about this defeat and, and he can move on again. But, at the same time, if Burton gets revenge, then you know could be the end of the road for Buglioni. But yeah, I think he needs to be in a fight, a meaningful fight, and not try and rebuild again with like six and eight rounders. I think he just needs to try and you know get back in there in a, in a big fight. Yeah, no, I think he's at that stage of his career where really that's all he should be doing now. I think I don't think we should be dropping down and doing the the six and eight round of fights anymore. I think he needs to be sticking him back in if if he if he's going to achieve something. I think given how shot worn he, he kind of looks at times, I think he they definitely needs to be giving him that fight. And a Burton fight would be great and a great rematch. And really, it'd be the last chance saloon I think for him in terms of getting uh, a shot at maybe a British title or Commonwealth title again I think that'd be it and that'd be a do or die fight and that's what'd make it even more of an exciting fight to, to you know to come about but we'll see we'll see what happens going forward Fang Long Meng obviously you know a guy that not not a lot of people would have known beforehand has now put himself in a good place where uh, you know, he, he's potentially he's going to get a good fight in the future. I mean, he's he's obviously got, he's ranked with the IBF now. Light heavyweight division is not a bad division to be in at the moment. There's some you know real good names at the top of that division. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him again in the future. I'd like to see him in you know a big fight. You know, in, in the next year or so, I think it'd be be interesting to, to see where he goes. Yeah, well there you go. Like, you know what? He needs a test, no, doesn't he? He does. He need. Well, Anthony Yard needs a test, doesn't he? I'm sick of yeah, sick of seeing sick of seeing Yard in with with the same Eastern European fighters all the time. Sick of seeing it. He's can't fighting. Get away with, can't get away with it again. I mean, for me, like you know, Frank's a master of Frank's a master of that. He sort of cut from the old school promoter cloth where they they sort of get away with it. But it's a different game now. It's a different audience. You know, people just won't accept Anthony Yard in with another another person he's just going to walk through. So, Anthony Yard, you know, they always talk about how highly rated Anthony Yard is on BoxRec and stuff like that. So, he's rated 13, I believe. Fang Long Meng's down there at 25, 26. So, you know, put Fang Long Meng in. Let's see, uh, let's see if, he's, if he can take a punch for one. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Michael Hunter uh, beat Alexander Ustinov. Uh, he wins, continues his tirade of the heavyweight division um, he wins by TKO round number 9 it is what it is I, I, I don't really know what to say about this fight other than like it was an old Ustinov uh, you know, good name to have on his record but is it really going to do him any anything for the future I mean he was well well ahead on the scorecards at the time of the stoppage You know, he was practically yeah. won every round 
I mean, getting two wins in a month is never a bad thing, is it? But, you know, what he really beat there in Houston off is off a debate, really. He didn't really look comfortable from, from the opener, did he? No, he's, he's 41. He's 41 year old. Yeah. He's, 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 had his, he's had his best days. You know, what you would class as best days, I think, are way behind him now. And, you know, he's obviously there for the for the money now. And he's got, it's a good name to have on the record. But I think for, yeah. for Michael Hunter, again, another guy who, who his only defeat, we've said, is, is Terusic. You know, going up into the heavyweight division. Who else, really? Again, you know, he's ranked uh, number twenty in the world uh, according to Boxrex rankings, and you know the sort of fighters that are above him are uh, your likes of your know, Christian Hammers, Charles Martins, Hergovic. That'd be a that'd be a decent yeah. fight. I wouldn't mind seeing Hunter and Hergovic. You know, Hergovic is making some real big waves. He's only got six fights, but because of his amateur background, he's you know he's he's really pushing up, and he's had some really good wins. So there's a potential good fight for the future. You know, I think I should have been a matchmaker. I think that should have been my job, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, think he, I think he'll be aiming at, I mean, people might say he's wrong, but I think he might be aiming at a Yusuf rematch. Well, I was thinking that. Yusuf could probably look at it saying, right, let me ease myself into the heavyweight division, sort of fighting a heavyweight, cruiserweight hybrid, a bit like himself, announce himself if he's to be hunted again. I think people are, I think people are giving a pass, really, even though he's beaten them, because, just because of Hunter's in, in good form, but whether it happens or not. You know that's not up to us, but I think Hunter will definitely be thinking. You know, maybe I could get in with with Yusuf again. I think it's a possibility, but I think they they're, they're putting Yusuf in for bigger things, and I think it's more than likely yeah. you're going to see him in with uh, some bigger fights. I think the three names I got I see mentioned on Twitter the other day were was it Dillian White and yeah. Jarrell Miller, and I can't remember who the other one was, but there were three names mentioned. Can you imagine Yusuf versus Jarrell Miller? Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> that that would be like. He'd be running around the ring trying to catch him. I don't want to. Well, I do want to see that because I don't. As I've said time and time again, I don't understand Jadel Miller and the rating of him. But Yusuf would make him look stupid, in my opinion. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what they plan for you, sick. But that's another another discussion for another day. Uh, Yelusinov, Daniela Yunuslov uh, picked up the win. Third round TKO on this card as well. And I didn't actually catch the fight, I'll be honest. I'm, I, I didn't I get a chance to actually catch that one over the weekend. Um, so I don't know how he looked in that fight. Jordy, did you catch it? Did you yeah, see? yeah. He, he, looked, he looked sharper than he has in, in his... Um, he were a bit, they were a bit uh, critical of him, shall I say, after outside the ring and it was just it was just unnecessary Johnny Nelson really laid into him which I didn't really understand and he was sort of saying how far he was off Josh Kelly despite the fact he's got a win over Josh Kelly in the amateurs I know it doesn't mean a lot but he won he beat him at the end of the day he's also got a win over Josh Taylor I believe so yeah they were saying now you know really giving it to him but I don't think it was justified well I said it last week and we said they were quite highly critical of him uh, in his last bout and it's like normally don't the don't the guys like Nelson and Macklin and all them get paid to, to big up all the matching prospects and not slag them off yeah I mean it, I, I understand the criticism we spoke about that last week but it, it was just it just went up a level on Saturday I thought and I seen you know a couple of people saying the same sort of thing on social media it was like they were talking about Josh Kelly as if he was like the second coming but Danny, yeah, you're loose enough, you know, no, he's never, he's not going to get to the top, and, you know, you're just sort of sitting there, like, how can you, how can you just, like, say that now, you know what I mean, <laughs> the guys have been in, like, one eight rounder, I'd like to see them do, you're loose enough, Kelly, be sooner rather than later, you know, if everyone's pitching themselves against each other early, then why shouldn't them two go at it? 
Uh, yeah, I'd like to see that as well. But they're putting him in with uh, Avanesian in it. Uh, Avanesian, I think it's pronounced. Yeah. Uh, putting him in with him next, and obviously they're trying to push him on uh, further forward. And again, it's just it's just kind of a case of we'll see what happens, you know, whether it happens or not. But I think that's it. I don't want to cover anything else off there. That's all the main facts from the matchroom card. To be honest with you, um, I think we should move yeah. on. I just want to touch on a couple of the other stuff from over the weekend, really, before we move on uh, in the show. And there was a few shows across the country in the UK uh, it was Bilal Raymond Lee Appleyard for the vacant central area super lightweight title uh, Bilal Raymond won that one and we go to the Goodwin boxing show which uh, Elliot Stock covered for us for Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat did a few interviews there catch him on the YouTube channel uh, Sam Gilly moved to 7-0 and with a win over Ryan Toms Ramez Mahmood moved to 8-0 and we had Harlem Eubank with absolutely stonking knockout uh, you said before the podcast started we've seen it seen it today it was uh, an absolute stormer of a knockout that yeah it was brilliant and you know them sort of highlight real knockouts that's what get you the exposure so I think Harlem Eubank might you know promoters and stuff they sort of snap people up who who do that because it, bring, it brings fans at the end of the day so with his name and, you know, adding a knockout like that to his reel, you know, he'd be hoping that he can move on to slightly bigger shows, you know, whether that be with maybe BT Sport or someone like that. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's difficult, isn't it? Like, a fair play to him. He's got the U-Bank name there, but he's uh, he's playing his trade on these small all shows. And I just remember when Chris Uban Jr. came into the the forefront, and, and obviously how quickly he was propelled into like the Channel Five shows, and you know he was given that exposure straight away. Whereas obviously Harlem, he's he's, he's you know he's crafted his trade there, and, and he's getting great knockouts like that. He's he, his name's going to keep keep getting talked about, and we'll we'll see what happens uh, with him in the future like to see him uh, get some sort of exposure on a, you know on a TV undercard that'd be good to see him out in the future but that apparently was that was a really good show over the weekend uh, there was a few other shows across the country but let's move on then and go to the USA go to the light heavyweight world title WBA title Gene Pascal versus Dimitri Bivol over the weekend I've watched that I watched it on Sunday afternoon and you know what I, I, I wouldn't say I was overly impressed with Bivol. I think he did what he needed to do to win the fight. But Jim Pascal, that guy, man, he needs to hang his gloves up now. He's, he's way past his best. I remember the fight with Froch in like 2007 or 2008 or whatever it was. And, you know, a cracking fight that was. And he's just an absolute shell of his former self. And I'd, I'm never going to forget what he did <laughs> against Bivol. The, uh, the, double, the double punch. You know the double hooks. Did you see that? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just, as you said, he's probably had his, uh, he's probably had his day now. Well, he has had his day now. But I think something interesting that I picked up from the weekend. Um, he's fought like these fighters are more to reel off. What all why they were undefeated? So he's fought Froch, uh, Ida Alvarez, who's obviously just beat Kovalev, and Dimitri Bivol. He's, he's fought all them while they were undefeated. So you know, although he might be, he might be, you know, past his sell by day now. But sell by date now, you know you can't really argue with his record. He's gone in with with them fighters when they were when they were fresh and undefeated. So you know he probably deserves his retirement now. Yeah, and I agree. I think he does deserve his retirement. Uh, Bivol, I said it was a, it was a step up for him. It was a step up in d- different opposition. You know, he's been fighting some decent fighters as of late, and you know we want to see him in with a, a big name. I think now some people might say, "Oh, you're rushing the guy. You're rushing the guy." But I don't think I don't think anyone is rushing the guy. I think he's he's got the quality. Yeah, he is ready. He is. Exactly. 
I want to see him, um, as I said last week, I want to see, I'm just waiting for Tom Smith to go up and fight him, but yeah, I do want to see, I do want to see him in, you know, a meaningful fight next. You know, Stevenson's tied up, you know, Alvarez may be fighting Kovalev again, so then the probably, the one outside of that, you'd probably say Bivol versus Badu Jack would probably make sense. Yeah, be a decent fight that, <laughs> it'd be a guaranteed yeah. guarantee draw maybe. Yeah, Badu Jack, he does love a draw. The master of the draws, Badu Jack. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, he, was, he did what he needed to do to win, Bivol. That, that, that's how I see it. He yeah, he's just he... at it when he's at the very, very top level. I think he's just just one of them fighters who's probably been ready for the top level the minute he turned over. Yeah, no, I agree. I'd like to see him in the big name next, like we said. Um, Sergey Kuzmin, over the weekend, picked up another victory. I, again, I think... I didn't see it. I didn't get a chance to see that one over the weekend. I watched the Bivol fight. Didn't get a chance to watch this one. Seen the finish. Yeah, I seen sort of the finish, but I sort of read up that he he had him down. He had his opponent down maybe four or five times, and sort of just I think it was a routine victory for the heavyweight. But yeah, I think he again he's he's one of them who'll be looking to get out again early 2019 and maybe over here again. Who knows? Yeah, who knows, eh? We'll see what happens. It'll be quite interesting to see if we get him in with uh, one of the British contingents sometime soon. Uh, Jordan, I don't think I've got anything else, actually, from over the weekend in terms of uh, boxing. Uh, have I missed anything off? Uh, well, I don't know if you've seen the, um, the highlight reel of, I can't say the guy's first name, but his second name is Mahamudov. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that, mate, yeah. If you haven't seen, if you haven't seen the highlight oh, mate. He looks like he's going to be a serious problem. I did I think see he's that. Five, five and oh now five KOs. Yeah, yeah, he looks he looks a scary old figure of heavyweight. I did. I, I got to be honest. I, just, I did see that on someone's Instagram. Uh, I seen the knockout and I thought, oh, this guy, you know, he's looking pretty decent. <laughs> Interesting to uh, to see where he goes in the yeah. future. Anyway, yeah, he's definitely a, he's one of them who's coming up, and you might want to take note sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've, I've got nothing else to sort of add from the the, the weekend, and like I say, re- general reactions to the weekend that we've just had is uh, pretty poor. You know, pretty poor quality over the weekend. I don't think there's been anything too great, and I think. Everybody's looking forward to what's coming this week, and uh, I think it's it's hard when you're waiting for such a big fight to come around, and you know you kind of yeah. try trying to pacify yourself with boxing, but sometimes the shows are not always what you want, and obviously the matchroom show I thought was pretty piss poor, and <laughs> obviously I'm not I'm not saying that about all shows because I didn't see all the other shows that went on over across the UK, but there was some cracking small old fights. There usually always is, but. I'm just excited for, for what's to come in the week and I, I think really that's where I want to sort of come towards the, the end of the reaction show this week and just sort of touch on a few little bits of housekeeping um, what we've got going on this week so Georgie do you want to talk about the next Legendary Nights episode then? Yeah well basically we've uh, the first Legendary Nights to Hagler Hands when we put out you know it's gone down well we've had a lot of good feedback we've had some brilliant reviews and people have seemed to really enjoy it so you know, we've got a Twitter poll out at the minute. Um, we've got four fights on there, and that's got about 17 hours left. So if you want to head over to our um, Twitter page, BTR Boxing Pod, and just put your vote in, and we'll uh, we'll be looking to cover a heavyweight legendary night in the build-up to Fury Wilder, which I'm sure will be another um, 
another legendary night. Oh yeah, definitely. And and talking of of Fury Wilder this weekend, obviously we are going to also do a preview episode of the fight, and I'm looking forward to doing that one as well. So that's kind of what's coming up uh, this week. Uh, Jordan, you just touched on it there. We got some really great reviews over the weekend, and I know it's coming to the end of the show, and, and people sort of start to think, well, I might switch. I might switch off now. Don't switch off yet because there's something important that I need you to all go and do, and 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 we both need to go and do this so I was having a little quick look at the demographics and the uh, statistics last night and what I found out is that at least half of the listeners uh, for BTR Boxing Pod are listening via Apple Podcasts which means that you can actually go and review the podcast now we've had a couple of great reviews come in this week and I'm really chuffed about them and if you are listening on Apple Podcasts then there's no reason why you can't just go on, take two minutes out of your time, and not even two minutes really, about a minute, just to go on there and just leave us a review about the podcast and let us know what you like, if you're enjoying it, if there's anything that could be done better, but generally when you leave reviews on things like Apple Podcasts, it helps the podcast go up within the rankings, which means it gives it more exposure to different boxing listeners because, you know, there's loads of different podcasts out there and it's about getting up there with all the good ones and you heard me ranting last week about Pound for Pound's podcast and you know the, the the fact that because of the the, the sort of celebrity status of, of both men that do it you know it gives them that platform straight away whereas guys like us you know guys that are kind of trying to make something out of it are not really getting that same opportunity so we're trying to create that opportunity ourselves and the only way to do that and is to get people to review the podcast so if you do listen every week and you know you guys that retweet us and you do all the stuff on social and share then you know thanks very much but go and leave a review because them reviews really really do help us because it gets ourselves put out there you know recommended for podcasts and things like that it all helps because you know the more people start to see it the more people start to listen you know all the quality work we put in and the hard work we put in gets gets shown and, and that's really what we want so apologies for rambling but I just feel like you know there's I know there's people listening you know we're getting a couple of hundred listeners a week you know even if you know, 50 people went on this week and did a review. Automatically, it'd give us an average, you know, rating on Apple Podcasts, and it'll put us up there. And, and that's exactly what we want. So, please, 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 just take a minute out of your time to do it because it really, really does help. So, yeah, enough of that now. Anyway, enough of that rambling. Um, going on then, Jordy. So you've talked about obviously the Legendary Nights episode, and we've talked about Fury Wilder coming up this week. Uh, anything else on your mind? going forward we've we've been speaking about you know development of the podcast and we're going to add sort of a little bit of preview and you know different little segments that are going to be in the podcast so just for people to listen out for them and we'll probably start a little bit of preview for the fury wilder card so yeah that's something to look out for and to make it a little bit fun for the fun for the listeners Definitely, definitely. Well, I, I haven't got anything else to add for this week's episode. I don't want to make it a long one because, obviously, we, we've got other stuff to put out this week and we've got the the big preview for Fury Wilder and really that's that's, that's all I really want to talk about, to be honest, because I'm getting uh, getting quite excited now, five weeks coming. Uh, so, yeah, guys, then, if, you, if you're listening to the episode, thanks very much. Thanks very much for sharing. Thanks very much for retweeting. Thanks very much for sharing across Facebook. Really appreciate it. You know where to find us. You know the handles at BTR Boxing Pod, and you can find myself at Sean Basto ESBR. Jordy at Jordan Neilder uh, across everything. Really, I'm not. I'm not on Facebook, but Instagram and Twitter. It's at Jordan Neilder. 
yeah, just thanks for the continued support. Brilliant. Well, guys, this is the end of episode 61, the weekend reaction show. We will catch you later on in the week for the results of the Legendary Knights poll. Get on there, get voting, and Fury Wilder preview. Thanks very much, guys. See you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.